Welcome to the Lost and Found Wellness Podcast. I've always felt that being lost was a problem. Everyone knows their why and their purpose. Everyone else has their shit figured out. But I'm not qualified enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not worthy. These things made me feel behind and lost. But feeling lost is not the problem. It's a sign towards a new situation, a chance to get creative, to build resilience and a chance to connect with yourself and the world around you. You are adaptable. You are brave. You are safe. And you are loved. So if you're feeling lost in where you are in your life, you've found the right podcast. Welcome back for another episode. Hello. Hello. So today's agenda, we have been considering this topic for a little while, something that's come up in conversation a few times, and it's food rewards and punishment and how that's typically used with kids, right? And like what habits might that contribute to later on with like emotional eating or (laughs) how you view healthy and unhealthy foods. I know we're always told to value like healthy foods, right? Things with a nutritional value, but then being told that you can like indulge in something that's not good as part of like a reward is something that can send somewhat of a a mixed message. So yeah, where do we want to kick it off? You know, I guess I got to thinking about this, you know, we started talking about it because it was bothering me so much that my niece was coming home from school and like everything was all about, oh, we got a piece of candy today. Oh, we weren't jerks. And so they gave us a piece of candy. And I was like, I'm like totally exaggerating that FYI, but, (laughs) but kind of like we all sat still in our seats. So we got candy or we walked quietly down the hall between classes. And so they gave us candy or, you know, whatever. And I got to pick a piece of candy and I was like, why is everything a constant candy reward? I'm like, good Lord. And then it becomes, you know, you come home and it's like, oh, I did something awesome. I need a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. Or can I get a piece of candy from the drawer? And I was like, oh, my God. And I just remember as a kid growing up, like, you know, not wanting or not feeling like food should define your behavior, I guess. Totally. You know, like if you do something awesome or, you know, it's sort of like when I refer to the dogs about getting emotional milk bones, like the dogs don't always need treats. Sometimes they just need scratches. And I think sometimes like kids and people in general just need like hugs and loves and experiences rather than candy treats all the time. Well, and I think back when we were growing up, I think those behaviors were just expected of us. I mean, it wasn't, you don't get rewarded for that. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, you know what I mean? It's just what you do. You're just not supposed to be a jerk. Yeah. It's just what you do. So to get a reward for that nowadays, I'm like, damn. I, I didn't get, yeah, I didn't get candy yeah. withheld or things like that for not behaving. I got the wooden right. spoon. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Or I'm so disappointed in you, which broke my heart worse Oof. than the belt or the spoon, oh, yeah. you know. No, it but is you know, true. Oh, sorry, but it's like ahead. finding motivation. It's like finding the motivation for kids. And I think that that's like, and I appreciate from a teacher's perspective, like in order to like get kids to behave, because once again, like kids, the, the expectations at home and the expectations at school are different 
Because like teachers are not able to discipline in their classes the way that they used to be able to, right? Mm -hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent, they're just not. So they have to try and find ways to motivate different kids for different things. And you know, like all three of us are probably motivated by different things. Mm -hmm. Like I always remember when I was growing up, like I got good grades and, and school came pretty easily to me. It did not for my sister. Now, whether, and she's probably listening and I'm going to get in trouble, but that's <laughs> life. But it didn't come easily for her, whether it didn't come easily or she just didn't care. And I remember being like, this is bullshit because I remember my sister being bribed with like really good stuff to like not flunk classes. And I was like, wait yeah. a minute. How did this happen? I get in trouble if I come home with a B and you're like, we're like the angels are singing if you get a C. I don't get it. So it's different motivations. But right. Right. Oh, that's wow. funny. God, I cried when I got my first C. Oh, my God. It was horrible. I remember oh. my first C. Too. <laughs> awful. I don't remember having that feeling towards grades. I mean, I always did good, but I don't remember like a C being like devastating to me. I was in college. I was in college before I got my first C. Oh, I remember I did take a class. It was my physics class. I was so worried about physics. Well, this kind of going back to that, like um, in school, I remember my sister really struggled with math. And I remember that being like a thing that my parents always talk about. Like when I got, she was four years older than me. So then like when I got to like that level of math and like middle school and high school and stuff, I remember parents being like, oh, the math teachers are terrible. And like, you know, your sister really struggles with it. So I like automatically just believed like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to struggle with math because the teachers are bad. And because my sister was bad with it. And like, that was kind of the thing. Um, so I was always told that I'd be terrible at math. <laughs> just kind of funny. And I remember like physics, I was thinking that too. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to be terrible at this. Like there's math involved. Like this is going to be so bad. So I took it as um, a credit, no credit instead of for a grade. Cause I was worried it was going to ruin my GPA. And then I took, there's a lab that was attached with it. And I forgot to take the lab as credit, no credit either. So I got graded on the lab and the class, I um, did the credit, no credit. And I ended up acing the class. And then in the lab, I got like a C, I think. And oh, I totally take my <laughs> GPA. Oh, no. oh, it. Uh, so Jan, you got your first C in college? Was, was, was American oh, history yeah. class. Well, American oh history, God. I got a C and it was awful. Oh God, it was awful. That's pretty impressive. Mine was yeah, calling home junior high, like in English or something stupid shit like that. You know, yeah. I was always good at math. In fact, when I, you know, went back to college, um, one of those non-traditional students went back to nursing school. I tested out of algebra. So nice. yeah, I didn't have to take nice. that, you know, my second round of college. So yeah, that's a good feeling. So. I tried yeah, English. Growing, growing up, I don't remember. I'm trying to think of like food roids. I remember like the bubblicious gum. And do you guys remember that? Like my yes. dad used to, I remember him just like sucking all the fun out of like candy for me, like all candy, like suckers, bubblicious gum, everything. He would make us spit out the sh- You know, when you chew bubblicious gum and you could just, your mouth like just salivates, salivates. Your whole yes. sugar, like just tons of sugar just fills your mouth and it's all watery and it's delicious and you normally just swallow it. <laughs> and my dad would make us like spit that out. Like he was always like, sugar is terrible. Like you have to spit that out. He just sucked the fun out of candy. I remember for us. I don't remember. We never had pop and that was like a big swimming thing. Like our coach was, you know, put that in my parents out of like, they don't get pops. Like I never really had that growing up, but there was never really food rewards, but it, I became really aware of this working in behavioral health after college and the two facilities that I worked in, it was uh, residential facilities for kids with psychiatric and behavior disorders. And that was, they're given points like throughout a day for good behaviors, right? You get positive points, positive behaviors. 
if you do something that's against the rules or, you know, an unfortunate behavior, you get points taken away. And then depending on where your balance is at the end of the day, that determines what privileges that you get or at the end of the week or at the end of the month. Like, so they, you know, they accumulate and they go to something, which is a, a, a good system for some of these kids and some of the things that they're working on. But privileges at the end of the day were often like snack cupboard or, you know, candy bucket and things like that. And it wasn't, it was all, or like McDonald's and stuff. And you take these kids with like depression and anxiety and all these other disorders. And you start to think about like the nutrition side of it. And you're like, this isn't helpful. This isn't really, you're giving them very mixed messages of like, okay, like food as a way to like support a feeling, right? When I feel a certain way, then this is what's going to comfort me. Right. And that's something like going into adulthood, which is for a lot of people. But yeah, having those rewards on there, it's that was one of my biggest issues with the food system. Like there's, you know, if we think like a kid with depression and serotonin, we know is made in the guts. Right. Or at least like 70 percent of it. And then you're giving them sugar and all this stuff that destroys their destroys their gut bacteria, plus the medications that they're put on, which, Paula, you probably know how medications affect the, the guts. You know, so it's like this toxic combination. And then we expect them that like, yeah, a Tootsie Roll at the end of the day is going to help them improve their behavior. And it's like, chemically, we are totally fucking with them. <laughs> and it's so right? confusing, not only on an emotional level, but then also like chemically as well. So that was one of my biggest projects that I tried to work on with my kids at the the second facility I was at was to eliminate. And I talked with all the teachers about it. And I was like, I would love to eliminate food as reward. Like, what else can you reward them with? Is it like extra time outside? extra time in the gym. We did food planning. So like we would talk about like actually planning an entire meal and like, is it nutritional? What are the benefits to this? Like an outing to the grocery store. And we talk about like how to navigate the store and like where the healthy foods are, you know, like what are some other rewards that the kids can extra art time if that's what they're into music. Like, again, going back to like, we're all motivated, motivated by different things. What is going to support and motivate them rather than just destroy their guts and create this whole complex around candy and food and emotions and rewards and punishment. It's true. And I think, I mean, so we're, what we're doing in our house right now too, is trying to get away from some of that uh, sugars and treats and things. So a couple of things that we've been doing is there's a sheet on the fridge and she picks, it's like the nutritional thing. Like here's a bunch of, um, foods and this is what the nutritional value is the macros basically of those foods and here's what your protein goal is for the day and so for each of your meals you have to have this much protein and then once you have that much protein you can do whatever you want yeah and then so she goes through and she's able to pick and as long as she adds up her she has to have 10 grams of protein for breakfast every morning And as long as whatever she eats adds up to 10 grams of protein, then she has the freedom to do to do other things as well. So it's it's sort of trying to find that balance. Plus, it's like a game. It becomes a okay. well, this piece of bread has three grams of protein and then we're going to add avocado to it. We're going to toast it and add avocado. Okay, so that's got like one gram of protein. Okay, we're up to four. Ten's our goal. So what can we add to this to get up to that 10 grams? And so it kind of becomes that game too. And if they're Mm -hmm. filling up on protein too, then there's less of the need for the other things. Like I know that for me, when I'm getting Mm -hmm. adequate protein, like I don't even have any interest in eating anything else. First thing in the morning, it has a huge effect. mm -hmm, If you can get good protein in the first thing in the morning, that helps with your, your snacking throughout the day, your overall energy. That's like, yeah, most people when I'm doing the nutrition coaching with them and we we take one meal at a time. I don't have anybody revamp all of their meals right away because that's just asking for a disaster right. <laughs> personal right. experience and, you know, from a lot with my clients. Um, but breakfast is usually the one that we we go for first. Most people think that it's it's okay. 
you know, that they're doing like a pretty good job. But yeah, once we start to break it down, adding that protein and it makes a huge difference for crashes and, the, and you know, and what happens for the rest of the day, snacking, all that. Well, I think for yeah. kids, it's more important than anything too. you know, going to school. I mean, you know, a lot of these kids don't have number one, don't have breakfast at all. Or right. number two, they have just a shitty like here's some pop tarts going out the door, you know, and then they're getting to their first, second class and they're crashing. And, you know, it's well, it's and school lunches. Oh, school yeah. lunches are terrible. And I think about that to the residential treatment centers I worked in. Those were all hospital based, right? They got the same food as like what the hospital gets. And even my own time in the hospital, it's terrible. It's It's absolutely terrible that like a registered dietitian is actually dictating this to help somebody recover from something. You want to talk about the most inflammatory gut destroying diet. It's the hospital food. It's absolutely terrible. And school lunches, school lunches are awful. When I was in the hospital, I was like, that was probably when I was the healthiest I ever was. And I remember looking at the menu and it being like the low fat cinnamon roll Mm -hmm. had a heart healthy sign next to it. Right. (laughs) And did your grandma, was it your grandma diabetic? Oh my God, I lost my shit on the dietitian people when my grandma was in the hospital. But they had a fruit and cheese tray and that one was not considered healthy because there was so much fat in the cheese. So fruit and cheese was not healthy, but a low fat cinnamon roll was healthy because it was low fat. But yeah, Mm -hmm. for my grandma, I was like, she's diabetic and you freaking bring like a roll and a pile of potatoes and fruit as a side. And I'm like, are you trying to kill her? Like, I'm just curious. And now all the medical people are going to be super pissed off at me. And I'm really sorry, but like, she's diabetic. No, it's it, and this all goes back to that whole fat sugar debate, right? Oh. So this goes back to that Harvard study, and I, I can't remember if we've talked about this before or not. But this the Sugar Research Foundation, which is known as the I think Sugar Association Day, so they had paid three Harvard scientists to publish a review of research on sugar and fat and heart disease. And this was for the, I have my notes up here, the New England Journal of Medicine, if anybody wants to look it up. And so the Sugar Research Foundation reviewed, and this was published in 1967. And back then the journals weren't required to publish like any conflicts of of interest. And so the connection went unnoted between sugar and heart disease, right? So their findings, I put that in air quotes, cited that fat was the culprit because these researchers had been paid by the sugar industry. So they cited fat as the culprit in heart disease and totally downplayed the role of, of sugar for it. Yeah. And so, so she, yeah, she was in the hospital for like a heart issue. And that was exactly the thing is they were like, this is a heart healthy diet, but I'm like, she's a diabetic. Yeah. And I remember Not- in the eighties with this low fat craze. I remember mm-hmm. eating like gummy bears, gummy worms by, the, you know, by bags because it was lo- no fat. No fat. You know? right. and I'm like, oh, that's healthy. I'm going to lose weight on that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. But, you know, it's- we talked about and I think I can't remember if I've shared this with you guys before or not. But like my grandmother being a diabetic, she and I used to fight all the time about I was like, Grandma, you really need to eat meat like or protein or eggs or something. I go. She's like, well, I don't like meat. I don't want to eat meat. I can remember just fighting with her. I don't want to eat meat. I don't like it. And I was like, isn't there something like an egg, like eat an egg or she goes, well, I like liver. And I was like, okay, but okay. That's actually really good for you. I know it is. I know it's hilarious. She goes, well, give me some liver at the butcher. When you're, next time you're at the butcher, get me some liver. And, and she was like, she'd gotten some bacon because we had a fight about bacon because she was like, well, I can't eat bacon because you know, the cholesterol. Mm. And I was like, grandma, you are 96 years old. I swear to God, if my birth or my death certificate at 96 says 
butter and bacon, I'm calling that a win. Yeah. Just so you know. And she's yeah. like, you're right. Get me five pounds. But so she would eat her. So she finally, she, I remember her calling me one time and she goes, you know, I know that um, you're always like giving me a hard time about eating meat and I don't like it, but I want to let you know that because you've been harassing me, I started eating meat. And since I started eating meat, I can feel my feet again. Yeah. Wow. It's huge. It's, wow. a, it's, a, it's yeah. a big deal. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and, because and, yeah, and that's that, an N equals one experiment, but still, still. But it is, deal. I mean, it is like sugar is an, a toxin for your neurotransmitters. And this yeah. is why that dementia is now being considered as a type three diabetes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and things yeah. like aspartame, right? Like mm-hmm. that had, that was linked to tumors for uh, obesity, diabetes, but emotional disorders, epilepsy even. Mm-hmm. So the thing is like aspartame, like most people are familiar now with aspartame mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. it is, right? Most people hear that and they, and they know what that is. So what, you know, this food industry does is they, they, they'll change the name of it, right? They create something similar, but maybe has a little something different in it. So then they can change the name of it. And then now nobody knows what that ingredient is in there until like, you know, these studies and things come back up again. And they're like, Oh, that's the new aspartame. Okay. So that's still linked to this. It's just, <laughs> it's so destroying. It's so well, destroying to the, to the body. There's proof that epilepsy, the, the cure for epilepsy, I should say the cure, but it decreases the episodes is the carnivore diet. I mean, yeah. only, or they've been talking about that for a while you know you know diet yeah absolutely i mean so if it helps with epilepsy i mean god it it's just it's a no-brainer i just just, you know to get rid of that fucking sugar (laughs) you know (laughs) yes now (laughs) well we've been well we've been really talking about and i can't remember who it was that was talking about this um but and i and i really liked it so i started using it in our house too is strong versus weak foods and it's okay. Is this food, will this food make you stronger or weaker? Mm. Will this food make you stronger or weaker? You Especially can have both strong with yeah. kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can have both strong and weak foods. Mm-hmm. They just have to be, you have to be more strong than weak. Yeah. We if do. You, then yeah. your body will be weak if you have more weak foods than strong ones. Yeah. We do it. A, I don't, I don't ever say good or bad. We always do better or worse. Like, okay. <laughs> If you mm-hmm. want the banana cake with the frosting and the <laughs> syrup and everything else on it, like what could be a little bit better? Like <laughs> you don't have the syrup on it. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, and you just kind of progress. From there, but it, it goes back to that line of quality. It's something that's always stuck with me. And I know this was brought to our attention in our, our days at the, the CrossFit gym. Um, and I think it was when Joe was like teaching us about, you know, paleo and zone and everything. And it was that line of quality. And it was like at the top, you know, the top of the quality, the, the best quality um, was like the French Alps, like, you know, pure mountain water and at the bottom was like toilet water right (laughs) so it was like you know in between there's a lot of options there and so I was really looking at that line of quality and choosing like better or worse so at the bottom you're going to have those highly processed foods that has a label can sit on a shelf forever it's high sugar it's hydrogenated anything right that's going to be at the bottom of it but then at the top is where you're going to have your fresh and raw fruits and vegetables you know your wild game all that kind of stuff. And so it's just looking which, at that line of quality, which end am I on? And I want to be more on the top end than I am on the bottom end. <laughs> so you can't have anything on there, like eat whatever you want. But again, it's uh, that, well, line that super processed, highly hydrogenated stuff is really delicious. Well, it's designed and to so, taste that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. yeah. So doing it once in a while, it's like I was telling the girls earlier today, I totally ate an Eileen's frosted sugar cookie and it was amazing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's been a while since I've had sugar like that. And it was awesome. And I'm going to, and I already am getting a headache and whatnot from it. So like there's consequences for it, but if you're going to do it, do it and own it and don't let it derail the rest of your day. And 
whatnot, but like choosing, just making sure that the bulk of what you're doing is not. But then I think it goes back to the whole thing. Like, don't let it define like an activity. Like when we celebrate things with food and less than quality food, it once again brings back that, like when we were talking about like with food is rewards, like, like why are we eating something that makes us feel terrible to celebrate? Celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I grew up in a, we ate extremely healthy out in the country, you know, and my mom made bread once a month, you know, and cinnamon rolls. But for the most part, we ate extremely healthy, no pop or ser- like, you know, you no pop or, you know, we had popcorn and orange juice for um, Saturday night, you know, and or- or oranges, you know, that was our treat. But what we did do to get us to go to church, we went out to eat afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, we're going, you know, we went to town, you know, and uh, we ne- rarely ate out, you know, but uh, when we went to church, we were, you know, mom and dad would say, well, we can go to the country kitchen for, you know, <laughs> after church, we're like, okay, you know, so <laughs> that was a reward to go to church. Yeah, so it is. That's, that's hard. I think when that's, yeah, shut in front of kids faces all day at school, that is hard to combat you know, when you, when you get home and obviously I'm not a parent, but yeah, I would say try to have that conversation and link some of those things. I know like with my sister, we've had this conversation with her daughter too, with, you know, going to like parties and things because they eat pretty healthy at home, like to the point where fruit is like the reward, right? The candy is like fresh fruit. And so it's like kind of linking that is like when she comes home and she has that like meltdown or some, you know, behavior, it's just kind of linking. That's like, do you think you're a little tired and grumpy because you ate so much sugar? Or like, you're probably having a hard time pooping because you ate so much sugar, you know, like things like that. Like, yeah, those are the links that need to be drawn for them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is always interesting to me too. Like kids with behavioral issues, like you said, like at, at your job, like kids with behavioral issues, I think sometimes it makes the behavioral issues worse. So then it becomes like this horrible, vicious cycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. this horrible, vicious cycle. Oh, mm-hmm. let's let's reward terrible behavior with, or you know, less than less than terrible behavior with sugar, and then we can get more terrible behavior later. Something to think about and kind of like deconstruct too. I think if you're someone who definitely like reaches for certain types of foods you know, to make you feel better or like exactly that. Like, Oh, I've done something good. I should reward myself with something that's going to make me feel like shit. Like <laughs> go back and maybe think about where that was inherited from. And yeah. We all do it though. You know, it's just like, Oh, it's yeah. my birthday or, Oh, it's this or that. You know, it's like, I don't really want this huge piece of cheesecake. I know it's going to make me feel like shit, but you do it anyway. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Drinking. Crazy. That's my <laughs> yeah. drinking. Yeah. Can I tell you a funny story? This uh, happened yesterday. I was at the post office and a guy was standing there and he complimented my boots and uh, which they are, they're really cute boots, but he, um, <laughs> he complimented my boots. And then he came over and he asked my name and asked, you know, like how long I've been in town and this and that. And so we were like a little small talk and stuff. And then he was like, well, I had an intuition to tell you something. And I was like, okay, this is where it gets weird. <laughs> like everything's been fine. Until now. This is where it gets really weird. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I just have a really strong intuition to tell you something. I was like, okay, what is it? He was like, don't eat bread or drink beer for three weeks. And I was like, okay, is that something you just did? Or is that something you're doing now? Like, I'm thinking like, okay, like, you know, yeah, of course. Like, I know the impacts of that. Like, maybe he's just, you know, felt really good about himself these last few weeks. And he wants to share the good news with somebody. Like, you know, that's kind of what I thought. And I was like, so is that something you just did or you're doing now? And he goes, no. I was like. Oh, okay. So like, what? Do I look like I have a gluten hangover or something? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what? Are you- <laughs> For the day? I, yeah. Well, like, it, 
Do I look inflamed to you? Am I giving off in- inflammation vibes? What's so random. I don't know where that came from or why that was even relevant, but it was just kind of a, a funny story. But yeah, so I, out of spite, I bought bread at the grocery store um, and wine. So I guess I'm off the beer, but I wasn't drinking a lot of that anyway. So we'll see what happens now next time at the post office after a week of eating bread. Butter. God. So funny. Here I'm like feeling all good, thinking I'm getting hit on at the post office, and then here it's really like nope, my skin looks like not. shit or something, and I think I need to d- ditch the gluten. <laughs> You're like, wait uh, for it. Wait for it. Yeah, it yeah. Too funny. Too funny. Well, well, I know I that, would, sorry. I was just gonna say I know that I've um really focused with my nieces and nephews too of like doing things that are experiences I try Mm -hmm. and not you know we will like go like this summer we got them for Christmas the the tree adventures in Bellevue here they have like the climbing through the trees and and the zip lining and that kind of stuff so like doing things together and creating memories is is something that I'm trying to like focus on um doing with the kids rather than Mm-hmm. those food type activities i've yeah i've totally shifted that even like gifts in general with like toys and all those kinds of things like i just i don't do that i i don't send things yeah for birthdays and holidays and that kind of stuff it's like when we get together we have an experience and and we go do something and i like that to be the the gift and the memory and the reward you know versus yeah just plastic shit that they're gonna forget about in six weeks yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's a, a guy, I don't know if you guys know Danny Vega um, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah, he did a total cleanse. He said, I am getting, most of the time, the kids, they don't even, if I take toys away, they don't even remember. They don't even know I took them away. But he took everything away. They get to keep one thing. One kept a, a skateboard, one kept a lap or something else, but bikes, everything went away. And he yeah. says they appreciate anything. So I'm taking it all away. So it was uh it's pretty, pretty drastic, but uh, yeah, he did it. And the kids were actually okay with it. You know, they yeah. thought it was cool. So yeah, I think it's experiences more than anything. I really did. That's what I remember growing up. I don't remember the toys I got, but I remember, yeah. you know, going to grab my grandma's and the memories. Yeah, like that's definitely important. Anything. Love it. Something to think about. For sure. All of us, kids, adults, everybody, we all have those experiences with food growing up. So finding things to replace it that are just as important. Fresh air. That's what I'm, that's what I'm committing to. <laughs> when I want the chocolate, I haven't been buying chocolate and it's funny because I don't have the chocolate, which is fine. Dark chocolate's got a lot of, you know, minerals and antioxidants in there. It can be good. Um, I don't know about minerals, but, but yeah, I haven't been buying it, but then I'll find that I'll reach for like other things, right. To fix that, that craving. I probably should just go back to getting the dark chocolate and call it good. But <laughs> Yeah, something to think about. Think of those those emotions and when you're reaching for it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Good insight, ladies. Thank you. Mm. You bet. Have a good night. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Lost and Found Wellness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate us, and give us a review. Then head over to Facebook and join the Lost AF community to keep the conversation going.